roulette. Do you, do you know it's gospel roulette? Can you take me off the monitors, Peter? I don't want to be on the monitors. Um, gospel roulette looks like this. Let's read this and pre No, no, no. It's systematic. Guys, why systematic? Because God is systematic. Do you know that God works systematically? He's not random. He didn't make man and say, Oh, what am I going to do with man? I'm going to make a garden. Oh, what's he going to eat? Let's plant some. No, no. Systematically put things in place. Your whole system, your whole body works on systems. Blood system, nervous system, um, your water system your digestive system, it's all systems. Nature works on systems. You've got the water system, you've got the microbiotic systems. It's system. God is systematic. That's why we read through the Bible systematically. So in Matthew, where we are now is a piece where, that, this is where you take your children's Bible, who's got a children's Bible, and the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus, this is where you rip it out. Okay? You rip it out. This is because Jesus, number one, is he wasn't a white guy. Just in case. Now that's a sideline. We can talk about that later. And we'll take up an offering on that one as well. <laughs> but yeah, he's a little bit more sterner. Because he's come through uh, um, healing people and walking with people, and John's disciples have come to him, and he's healed another person, he's raised people from the dead. All of that, he's done all of this, and now he speaks. And he starts with the word. Let's, let's read this in verse 20. Matthew 11, verse 20. Then Jesus began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Rebuke. What does rebuke mean? Are you such a lovely person, you know? <laughs> huh? He's he's angry. I want you to get I want you to get this. You can write this down. Please write this down if you're taking pen and paper. You are allowed to get angry. God gave you that emotion. You are not allowed to blow it. <laughs> okay, you are allowed to get angry. But you can't say, because I am angry, I'm taking the hammer and breaking everything. Or spinning my car and snapping the cam belt. Okay. I just confessed. <laughs> Years ago I did that. My missus, man. <laughs> you're not allowed to get, you're allowed to get angry, but not allowed to blow it. Jesus is angry. Yeah, he's rebuking. He says, woe to you. Woe, what does the word woe mean? It's a warning, but it's also a cry. You see, it's almost like a parent that's come to the end of their wits with their children. You're so angry, but you want to cry. What must I do to get to this child? What must I do to get into his head? Because oh, it makes me mad, but I love you so much. <laughs> And he starts with very small cities, and he go, goes up to bigger cities. But I want you to see in the beginning, in verse 20, it says, Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Miracles are supposed 
to lead to repentance. That's the miracle of repentance. That's the title of the message. The miracle of repentance. Miracles must lead to repentance. So, okay, we live in a world where we struggle and we've, and we've applied our faith as much as we can and we're trusting the Lord for big miracles. We want to see big things like in the Bible, blind people see, people getting out of wheelchairs, cancer being healed. We trust the Lord for that. We had a lady here in this year, people were here. She couldn't lift her leg since she was 18. In her 60s, she suddenly started dancing here. God healed her. And she does some her. I can't even do the stuff she didn't like. You couldn't do that since 18. We had Norman who was here. One son of the Lord healed his back and his leg. God is healing people. It's a miracle. See, and we're getting some of that. But yes, we're trusting for these big miracles. But miracles must lead to repentance. So he's speaking to cities. He's speaking to communities of people. He's not talking to individuals. And he says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. I can't pronounce all these biblical names. Nee. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth in ashes. You see, so what we need to see here is that Jesus had gone into these cities, smaller cities, and he did miracles. And they didn't repent. The society remained the same. It remained the slow coast. It didn't change. Remained party animals. They didn't. The miracles are happening in their midst. They see it. I've heard of a lady that's been on the south coast for quite a while. She was born without an arm. A pastor a couple of years prayed ago prayed for her, and her arm grew out. She's still living on the south coast. We're having miracles happening in our community, but our society remains the same. Jesus is woe to you. Woe to you, because if it had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. So what was Tyre about? What, this is a city. That was a coastal city. What was that about? So first thing, they start off very well. This city, Tyre, starts off very well, and it actually helps David and helps Solomon with resources, building temples, and, and it's, it's, it's a good city. So, see, it's a lot of like people. They've done well for a long time. They've done well, and my father did this. My grandfather was involved in this, and we did this, and we did that. It counts for very little because it's past. It's now. It's in the now that counts. It's, we don't live in last year's manner or 25 years ago's manner. We live on today's manner. What we're we doing today. Your whole track record of good deeds. I used to, and we as a family, and my people, all of that. Do you know what you're saying? Do you know what you're saying when you do that? It's you, you, you esteeming your works as merit for God's favor. Are you following? The works in the past 
cannot get God's favor today. Do you follow that? Because God says all your good works are like, come on, filthy rags. Must I give you? No, I can't give you. But if you go read that, go do your own research. Filthy rags. All of that. Yes. That was now. Tyra gave to David. They gave to Solomon. They helped build God's kingdom. But they fell away. Something happened along the way. Do you know where Jezebel comes from? The city of Tyra. Okay, so when we talk about Jezebel, Jezebel talks about, and we spoke about that last time a little bit, but I want you to write down this word. B-A-L-E-N. C-I-A-G-A. Balenciaga. Who's heard that word? Balenciaga. B-A-L-E-N-C-I-A-G-A. Balenciaga. This is what's going on right now in our world. They've got an ad campaign promoting pedophilia. It's a clothing company. Balenciaga. They're doing it right now. Right now. You go Google, you find your, and see the ad, the photos and stuff, and see what they, prop. and you know what? They're not willing to fire their people. They're saying, this is what we are, this is what we do, and we're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We want your children. And we don't just want them to play with them. We want to mess them up. We want their souls. We want to destroy who and what they are. And at the same time, you can go on to TED Talks. There's a young lady. She's in her mid-twenties. A couple of years ago, she might be 30, 30 odd now. Standing on TED Talks and promoting pedophilia. Saying that we as a society and a community must accept it because people are born that way. Now I'm fine with that, madam. But we start with your daughter. We start with your daughter. I've seen a two-year-old that was raped by her father. It walks like this. Because everything is broken. You see, if the miracles, and this is what Jesus says, if, says, if these miracles were done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. But you, Kosan, Besida, you're carrying on. You're just carrying on like it doesn't influence me. It's not my world. It's happening far. It's not my child. It's happening over there. Yet in our schools where we stay now, go look at the education they give the children. It is beyond education. It's tickling their fancy. It's opening doors that aren't supposed to be open. Corey Ten Boom, when confronted with this, he said, My father said to me, My child, I will carry this weight for you until you mature enough to carry this weight. But right now, you don't have the emotional capacity to carry this weight. Yet our schools are promoting LGBTQ. I've got a bee in my bonnet about this because it's what's going on in the world right now. 
And the miracles are happening. People are getting healed. People are getting set free. People are getting, just getting off drugs. People are being healed of cancers. People are being established. People are being transformed in the midst, in this little congregation. This growing congregation, sorry. God is doing stuff like that. You see, the darker it becomes, the easier the light shines. And if we still think it's okay to mingle, put my foot and dabble in the darkness, we are gravely mistaken. You see, how, do we, how does a deceived person know that they are deceived? How can a deceived person know that they are deceived? Because, number one, they're deceived. So how would they know that they're deceived? That means we that are sitting here can be deceived. You listening on podcast or Facebook or YouTube, you can be deceived right now. Because you won't know if you are deceived. You won't know. I want to just stop there. We're going to come back to deceived. Please remember to come back to deceived. You see, God in the Old Testament twice did something dramatic. The first time with the Noah's flood, he eradicated mankind. And he said, I'll never do it again. But why he did it is very important. If you go to Genesis 6 verse 2, it's not going to be on the board because I'm sure everybody knows where Genesis is in the Bible. Hello? Everybody know where Genesis is? <laughs> I'm sure you're going to Rustin, can you find Genesis? You think you'll find that. Genesis 2 says, Then sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. So the first thing that upset God, yeah, is people were marrying whoever they wanted to marry. Young, old, they just went for it. I like you, I marry you, end of story. It grieved God. Why? Because there was a disdain for appearance. There was no honor towards the parents. Because God designed it that parents help their children choose their spouses. Now I'll do whatever I want to. So now they're marrying into rebellion. We will show them. Many people got married like that, eh? We will show them. My girl, that guy's not good for you. Oh, but mom, I love him so much. He's so cute. Have you seen his six-pack? <laughs> and when they grow up a little bit more, it's no longer the six-pack, it's his car. Have you seen his car? He's got such a beautiful car. Oh, gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> Genesis 6 verse 5. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. How can I make a buck off you? Evilly. How can I take you for? No, bro, it's holiday season. Put up the mark up. We're going to take it. It's evil. It's evil. I'm going to schnei you this way, and I'm going to schnei you that way. I'm going to put up a markup here. I'm going to make some money. It's evil. Can you believe that somebody stole one of our plants again? 
Again, gay, it's evil. We're just trying to grow a little hedge. That's all we're trying to do is grow a little hedge. No, I shall steal your hedge. Yes, I will. And then we replace it. Then a month or two goes past, and we'll steal another one. It's evil. This is where we live. Am I right? This is the world we live in. We're at your work. People talking bad about behind your back. Trying to just stab you in the back. It's evil. Continually. It upset the Lord. The next one, listen to verse 11. Listen to what verse 11 says. It says. The earth was also corrupt before the God, and the earth was filled with violence. Continual violence. Do you know how far violence has come in our society? It's called MMA. Let's beat each other to the pulp. Check that out. He killed him, knocked his teeth out, blood. We rave at it. It's called the Colosseum. Let's throw them Christians to the lions. It's called armed robbery. Phil, this is where we live. We live in a very safe place on the south coast. We do. And anyone that tells you anything, I'm telling you what they don't know what they're talking about. Okay. You move up to Pretoria, P Town. Pistol town. <laughs> you can't go cycle. You can't get on your bike and ride into the rural areas and come home safely. Forget about it. You're going to get two blocks from your house and some guy's going to knock you over the head and take your bike. And you'll be lucky to be alive. They've gone so far now that in the cycling communities, and the little cycling uh, places where you can go cycle, they go there, listen to this now, it's continually evil. They knock the guy over the head, they stab him, they shoot him, they take his bike. That bike is worth 50 to 100,000 rand. They go put it on Facebook for 10,000. And can you see the evil of man? The cyclists go by that. Now, which one is the more evil? Which one's the one with more greed and more envy and more in his heart? The guy that just stole the bike? Or the guy that gets 10,000 rand? Or the guy that buys it and saves 50,000 rand? You see, how can a man know if he's deceived? How's he going to know? See, the guy buying the bike, he doesn't even realize he's deceived. The guy stealing the bike, well, he's a criminal. And he knows it. And he's going to go to the bar afterwards and brag about it. He's genuine. I can actually work with him. But the guy that bought the bike, that saved the 50,000 rand, he's deceived. How can a person know when he's deceived? See, in church we can be deceived. Listen to this. When we seek the miracles and the blessing and the prosperity and the protection of the Lord, above seeking Him, we are deceived. You see, if you seek the benefits of Jesus before you seek Him, you are deceived. Because He didn't die for your comfort. He didn't die for your blessing. He didn't die that you might be Oh, so proper and proper. No, no. 
He died for one reason, one reason only, and that is your salvation, that you should not go to hell. That's why he died. You see, we're deceived easily. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon. Sidon took over Tyre, so it just came with the same thing in the day of judgment and for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in, in you had been done in Sodom, it would, be, it would have remained until this day. So we have to go stop at the city of Sodom. We have to go there. Jesus is talking about this. This is where the gospel becomes offensive. This is where people don't like this, Pastor. It's okay. I am the messenger. I did not write the book. I did not say the words. Sodom was a city where sodomy was practiced. All right? That sodomy counts hetero and homosexual. It was practiced there. They had rights. They had months. They had rainbows. Are you following? I hope I'm speaking to the people that need to hear this and understand this and communicate to the next generation in a, at the appropriate time. It angered the Lord. But the Lord made a promise. I will never again flood the earth. I've given you my rainbow. He gave his rainbow, his sign of promise, his sign of righteousness. That I will not flood the earth again. I will not wipe it out again. And then a man called Abraham is interceding for these people, this community. He's interceding. He said, Lord, if you can find 50 down to one righteous person. And God said, I will save Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah was star worshippers, if you didn't know that, moon worshippers, astrology. It grieved God. He doesn't like that. You can't say I'm a Capricorn. Okay? You cannot read the curse over your life, that thing that, that those things bring. It grieved God. And He made hail and brimstone fall on Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed them. He destroyed them. Their sins were grievous. He says, if my miracles had been done in them, they would have stopped that. Jesus is speaking here. It's not his opinion. It's his truth. He says, if I'd done these miracles in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have stopped what they were busy with. What are you going to stop? Woe to the south coast. What are we going to stop? See, it's a hard word to bring across. It's a hard word. No, we can still stay together. The Lord will understand. Good. Good. You bring your child, I beat your child to the pulp, I kill him, and then you ask me to understand that you want to stay with your girlfriend. See, if the miracles had been done there, they would have stopped. What are we going to stop doing? This is not a condemning word. It's not a condemning word. It's an uplifting word. 
But I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah and the day of judgment, or Sodom, sorry, I put in the word Gomorrah there, um, than for you. What does that say? There is a day of judgment coming. I want you to get this. All the anger that you have towards people that have done wrong, and see, we, we say this, this is stuff that we talk about in our communities. You know, the devil looks after his children. You've heard that before? All right. There's a day of judgment coming. You see, if, if I've got a lifestyle or a habit that takes me away from the Lord, and I'm getting away with it, there's a day of judgment coming. The LGBTQ, pedophile, Balenciaga. There's a day of judgment coming where every single human being that ever lived will stand in front of a righteous judge. That day. You see, it's not now. Because we live in the dispensation of grace. Grace is a force that sets us free from our sin. If I'm not walking in freedom from sin, then I need to run to the throne of grace. Go to Hebrews you go read in Hebrews. It says that Jesus was a man like you and I. He was 100% man and he was 100% God. He was just like us. You could touch him. He had to eat and he had to go to the bathroom. And every now and then he had to bath. Otherwise he would smell. Okay, some of us need to bath more. Man, they're normally between the ages of 12 and 18. <laughs> they, they seemingly just, I don't need to bath. I am God's divine gift to you, mankind. I never smell. My sweat smells like honey. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> and Jesus was perfect, sinless, being tempted just like us in every way. He also wanted to get high. The temptation came to him. Maybe I must say it right. The temptation came to him. This would be nice. <sighs> the temptation came to him. Have a little bit more wine. The temptation came to him. Let's go party. The temptation came to him. Pick up that girl. That temptation. But he remained sinless. He said, no, Satan, you get behind me. Futsack. And Afrikaans. No. He remained. And therefore, his sacrifice was perfect. When he died on the cross, it was a perfect sacrifice. And this is what Hebrews says. And he made a way for us to boldly, with freedom, with all your sin, all my sin, all the shortcomings, all the shortfalling, watching that wrong movie, thinking that wrong thought, taking that two rand that the cashier gave you too much and put it in your pocket. Even with that, he says, you come running, running. With the bottle in your joint. Run to the Father. To the throne of grace. What are you going to find at the throne of grace? To obtain mercy and grace. What is at the Father's feet? 
What is on his lap? What is there to attain from him? Mercy and grace. And what is he going to do? He's going to say, I love you. You don't need that anymore. I love you. You don't need that anymore. Come. I love you. And he's going to hold you. Because you know what? You're good enough. You're mine. I love you. You're okay. Oh, that hurts. Will you forgive them? <laughs> Thank you. That's what you're going to get there. You're not going to get a scolding dad. Buck, bend over right now. My name's Zeus. Lightning bolt. Because some people walk around with that. They walk around with the thing. God's going to punish me. God's going to get to me. God will correct you. The, ba- the way you correct the baby. The punishment went on Jesus. That's the dispensation of grace. But there's a day that's coming. That is the judgment day. And then he's going to say, you're a goat. Go that way. No, but uh, can we talk about this? Exactly. Go to go. You think you can talk back to the king. That's what a goat thinks. A goat thinks, but let's, let's talk about my lifestyle. No, I did all these. Even the goat will even think, well, we'll, we'll have a chat. You know? Oh, really? Oh, really? You're going to have a chat? You're going to grovel. Because he ain't coming back as Mickey Mouse. He ain't coming back as blue-eyed Jesus, blonde hair. He's coming back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Commander of the armies of heaven, the hosts, the Lord of hosts, where angels three times your size just go, yes, sir. He's coming back with a, a magnitude of angels that cry out and say, Lord, what shall we do now? One of them angels destroyed 169,000 people in one night. It's in the Bible. One night. What are you and I going to do? And they listen to him. Because he goes like that and they're gone. He says, don't fear man that can kill you. But you fear God who can destroy your soul. Cast it into a lake of fire. And now there's a boldness that can come over you. you I fear the one that can destroy my essence. I don't fear man that can destroy my flesh. Because I'm not going to put the finite in front of the infinite. I'm going to make that which is more important, important. And that's my soul. That's my spirit. It's far more important than your body. It's far more important than your comfort and your opinion. And whether or not you want to forgive those people in your past. Or whether or not you've got money or wealth, or whether or not you are healed or not, there's something more important, and that's your spirit. That's your spirit, and that's what Jesus died for. If you want to do the math, what do I die for is important. What I don't die for is not important. You died for your spirit. So that your spirit being can be saved. So that you can spend eternity with your Father in heaven on pavings of gold and rivers of crystal. 
where there's no heartache and no cry and no sickness and no pain, where there's joy abundantly and forever and ever. And there's no sun because the place, the light of that place is Jesus himself. He himself illuminates heaven. Far more important than another world record or another gold medal, another achievement. Far more important. Far more important. See, woe to you, he says to us. If the miracles that have been done here would have been done in Sodom and Sidon and Tyre, they would have repented. They would have stopped their nonsense. I want to give you homework this morning. Go home and go right down. What do I need to stop? What do I need to repent of? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. What a man soweth, he will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap of the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap of the Spirit. The flesh is at war with the Spirit. There's enmity between the two. You cannot serve both. The Bible says that over and over and over. And this piece of text is not me being angry or worked up. It is Jesus saying, whoa. Maybe we should put an A after that. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. What you busy with? Sodom, what were you busy with? They would have stopped. Sidon, Tyre, they would have all stopped. Can we hear that? Can we hear that cry and say, well, I'm going to stop. I'm going to come repent so that the miracle of repentance, what does repent mean? I'm going to turn away from the lifestyle that I'm living, the way I'm acting, I'm going to go towards the Lord. If I need to forgive, I'm going to forgive. If I need to let go of the past, I'm going to let go of the past. If I need to stop stealing money, I'm going to stop stealing money. If I need to stop drinking, I'm going to stop drinking. If I need to stop smoking joint, I'm going to stop smoking joint. If I need to stop smoking my cigarettes, then I put it down. Because God says, I am a holy God. You must be holy. Set apart in this world, not off this world. You can't smell like this world, walk like this world, talk like this world, and say, I'm a citizen of heaven. No, you're a citizen of this earth. Don't be deceived. We cannot be deceived. And he says to the city that knows, the city that knows, the people that know, that have heard, I'm sorry, coming to church is dangerous. Okay, because now you know. You've been told. Coming to church is dangerous. Because no longer can you say ignorance is bliss. You have been told. It's as though you are lifted up. You're brought down to Hades. He's talking to that city. The city that knows. The cities that has received and seen and heard. We have got a responsibility. No longer can we say, oh, I didn't know. No, you knew. You knew. How do you know? Because I sent my Roy copy from Ramfontein to tune you. <laughs> now you know. Make a list. What must I stop? Where must I repent? And seek 
Him. And I want to give you a little bit of hope, a little bit of, he says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. What's his name? Okay. It's very easy. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. I'm struggling with that. You will see a vacuum cleaner from heaven suck the stuff off you. All the dirt of this world, a heavenly vacuum cleaner. This is his promise. This is who he is because there's mercy and grace at the throne. But it takes a humble heart. It takes sincerity. It takes saying, I might have been deceived. Just like these cities were. And I was seeking you, Lord, for other things and not for who you are. Men, it's very easy. Go practice that at home and see. If you just want to know your wife or what you can get. A cooked meal, making your bed, your clothes sorted out. You just seek her for that. See how long she remains happy. You're going to sleep on welcome, ne? <laughs> you become bed Mikeys. You know what the bed mic is? One sleeps on the bed and the other one on the mic. <laughs> and sleep on the floor. Let's close our eyes and we pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you with boldness. Lord, and each of one of us, Lord, we've got a bag full of our stuff that we need to stop. But we're coming with that bag to you. We're running boldly to the throne of grace. We're running to our Father. We're not running away from Him. We're running to Him. We want to be the prodigal sons. Come to our senses and not be deceived and run to you. I'll go be to my father's house. I'm gonna, I'll go to my father's house because of my father's house. There is mercy and there is grace. And we come to you now, Lord. Not because we're deserving. Not because we've done anything good or because of our past or our parents or our generations before us. We come to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. Him alone paved the way. Maybe you pray after me. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I was deserving of death and punishment. But you took my place. You took my sin upon you. You became my sin. And gave me your righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in you. With my whole heart. With everything that is in me. Each part of fiber that's to my body. That you are Lord. That you rose again. And you made a way for me. Come and be my God. Be my savior. Be my healer. Be my redeemer. 
I ask in Jesus' name. Thank you for saving me now. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, that no one will pluck me out of your hand. I come to you, Father. Oh, my sin. To obtain mercy and grace in the time of need. Will you make me white as snow, Lord? Will you take away my temper? Will you take away my lust? My addiction? My inferiority? My insecurities? Will you take away the world off of me? That I might be in this world, but not of it. Will you make your light shine from me? So that others might find you. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? I want to bless you before we go for coffee. Everybody okay? Everybody okay? Feelings not too hurt? Okay. If I stepped on your toe, I've got a friend that says, take it out of the way. <laughs> Let me bless you guys. Father, as ambassador of heaven, I come and bless your children this morning. Lord, I bless them with open spiritual eyes so they might not be deceived. I bless them with a hunger and a thirst for righteousness so they might seek after you and not the world. And I bless them, Lord, with your joy because your joy is their strength. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some coffee. Yeah.